songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by clinging tongues above. Praise the Palestine fixed upon it, and will I be beloved. Here I praise my Ebenezer, hither by thy divine son.
Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. 
And my story isn't over. My story's just begun. Still, you won't find me. That's what my father does. You feel you won't find me. That's what my father does.
Take your Bible and open to Revelation 7, Revelation 7, and we'll get back to that tonight to show you the church this morning. We're in our series on what lies ahead. We have uh, been looking for some weeks now at what we're calling eternity. We've been looking at several different aspects of what lies ahead. We've talked about the world, we've talked about the judgment. We've talked about, uh, you know, why for us it is right now to set aside someone's baptism, whether it's God that we attention, that we're asking for the presence of the Lord, and that's a question of heaven. But we said also that into the future, God is going to 
we can get the plan in this uh, really helping in the new place that God's got the planning and it's begun. And I want to look at uh, today this book together, Life in Heaven. And really specifically what that life has holds for us. The green book marks the beginning. Says, 
what God is going to say. No picture, no video God is excited because of who he is. Anything that we enjoy in life and say, well, that, that excites us, that thrills us, really the blessing of God. We don't have anything, we don't experience anything uh, that doesn't come our way of God in his good graces. So to suggest that God is boring is a headline comparison. Second, it's just plain it is the blasphemy the name of God. God, who is the God, who, as we say this morning, is worthy of all glory. Who is worthy of all glory? And who is worthy of all glory? I'm afraid we many Christians have bought into the lie that that which is exciting is sin. Now, they would say, well, we don't need to commit sin. We don't want to go out and do sin. But, you know, sin's fun. Sin's exciting. Too many Christians have thought that that to seek a life of purity and righteousness and, and to hold to the Word of God is to kind of live a blind life. But sin is to live on the edges. And yet a lot of Christians, I think, try to live on the edges of, 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 of not being too pure, too righteous, but too godly. And to have a little bit of edginess, of worldliness, of fleshliness in their life completely, totally being given over to sin because they feel like that's the only way to excitement, excitement. You say, well, Pastor, you really believe that's true. Well, tell me, how many Christians do you know that you think, uh, you think about them, they can't really have a good time, they think they're all right. some sort of drug to make them feel better. Because there was an addiction to feed that drug. Eat in their lives. To pump them up. Different. Being high for all excitement. That is the God of heaven who is in it. And the God of heaven who has a life prepared for us. So I want to speak with you this morning. Why life in heaven? Life in is unfolding. Let me say that as I come on, come on the floor to heaven, I want to say it again. You may have missed it the first time. You may not have quite gotten it yet. There is a present heaven right now. And when you die, you go to be with the Lord, you're in a present heaven. You don't really understand the completeness of that state whether you take up a body uh, when you go to die. But absent from the body, present with the Lord, that, that's, that's a comfort. That's okay. And then one day, There is a new heaven and a new earth. Okay? A recreated, uh, resurrected new heaven and new earth, let's say. Uh, and, and so when I talk about heaven this morning, I'm really talking about those two things combined together present heaven and the new heaven and new earth. Okay? But I want you to get the theme. I just want to generically put them together. I said, you know, we do this a lot of times in seminars when we talk about individual people. So it's not anything we don't typically do, uh, but I want to be clear that I'm talking clearly about the, the, the idea that we die and we get to be with the Lord, etc. Before we come to understand what we're talking about. Why, why 
everything, every moment in heaven is going to be a day filled with joy and excitement. Because you want to know something? In heaven, we won't have to plan to be out here on earth. It's yours to live with God. What a God we have. Think for just a moment. Do I call it? God could make that light and purple. God could make that light purple and green. And that's it. But we have a whole lot of spectrum of color spectrum. But I love it. All that creative mood and doing things with the one side of the truth, but there's nothing else I like to do when I see all this stuff. Expectations of how things will play out for us as far as work and being in 
escalated with thanksgiving. As they heard this speech, he proceeded to tell them a parable pertaining to the years of Jerusalem. And if they're about to pray, I want to say something here and here, which is the thing that really is the And because they supposed that the feet of the disciples could hear immediately, they said they have a problem with them. He said to them, look, a problem that I went to a farm to receive for himself a kingdom and to prepare him. And he said, the servants who gave him to the money and sent him on his days of business and said, I'm coming to the citizens of Canaan that sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign in our place for he is a king and we serve him. Have we received your kingdom here? Order these servants that him be a kingdom that they might know what shall be gained by doing business. Verse 24, he said, Lord, hereby I have made ten lives known. He said, Well, thank you, you are a faithful servant, and if you can be faithful to make a little bit, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the seven kings said, Lord, hereby I have made five lives, and he said to him, You are to be over my five cities. Then another king said, Lord, here is your five lives, I've kept laid away in the name of Jesus, for I was afraid to We have trauma ourselves. We have 
perfectly good. He's perfect to the manner of the finish. So you can do what you want. He's God. I couldn't help but you know, think about pages and what's the difference of, you know, pages on an article and being able to write about it, fussing about it, being so slow. I'm sorry, pages. So fussing. Pages are the right page. And uh, I, I thought about this. I thought I could just see page, page right there. This beautiful portrait of Jesus. But you cannot quite get it right. Because we don't hold a lifeboat theology, but rather we have an ark theology. Come along, I'm confessing you, this is a new description I've never thought about today, but I never heard this. But then I had to realize that I couldn't get this label of lifeboat theology. You say, what's the difference? Well, Paul Marshall, the one who gives credit to most of this, he says, uh, most of us need to abandon lifeboat theology for ark theology. The Genesis writer tells us of human life. Jesus taught in the first of the sins we know all about. The corruption of God, the good creation, and the wickedness of sin was so unimaginably horrific, he says, uh, that God actually considered wiping out all of creation. Genesis 6 7. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I created from the face of the land, man and animal and creeping thing both because, for I am sorry that I God made a covenant with Noah. God commissioned Noah to build a home. Rather than blotting out all of creation, Noah and his family and a host of living creatures would be rescued. They would be preserved in the ark from the destruction of the flood. God remains, he says, committed to, to, to restore the earth and to continue with his original creative purpose, purpose of creation. He says God makes a covenant with men, and he also makes a covenant, by the way, with all of uh, creation, never again to destroy the earth with a flood. Now, that's what I'm saying. The story of Noah and the Lord reminds us that God has not given up on his good work. What God did way back in Genesis 1-1, God is still going to Though it's been ravaged by sin and death, God is still going to bring about his, his divine plan. In a burst of rapturous praise, the psalmist in Psalm 24 declares that the whole earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. God still called you. God still loves this world. God has a glorious future commissioned both us and this earth. You and I are not an accident. You were born when you were born. You were born to who you were born to as far as you're born. You, you live when you live because God has a divine purpose for your life. 
God has given you gifts. God has given you talents for His glory. First Corinthians 12, verse 7, that each one uh, of the manifestations of the Spirit is given, he says, for the common good counsel. Marshall goes on to say, we need to quit the lifeboat theology. Lifeboat theology basically says this world is sinking. We just need to get everybody saved that we can and get them into heaven. Instead, Marshall says this, we need the old theology that says God's desire is to return his people and all of creation back to its good land. In other words, God has given up on creation. He says, yes, there's urgency. Yes, there's the need of salvation. But that's still true in our theology. It goes beyond it. He says, it is in the now and not yet of God's redemptive work. The now is, what can we do to make our world a better place? Why, as Christians, do we struggle in worry and fret and panic and pain here to live out a real good and faithful life to God? Because life here matters right now. Why does life matter here right now? Because of the art theology. This art still matters to people. How we treat we ought to be good speakers. But at the same time, we understand that God hopes the world to be repentant. And, and the greatest thing in life is that it is not saving the truth. It is being faithful to God's glory. Bringing people to repent to give God the ultimate glory. It's not life too. Because it is for the not yet. The not yet is what only God can do. John Wesley declared this. He said, the best is yet to be. Think about what we'll do in heaven. I like what the one the theologian said. He did a long list of some things we'll do in heaven. He says, we'll sing in heaven. Yes. And we'll sing in perfect tension. We'll sing on the truth. We'll sing the right way. Maybe we won't. We'll dance in heaven. They danced in the Old Testament. And we'll dance in heaven. We'll dance for joy. We'll create in heaven. We'll celebrate in heaven. There's going to be parties in heaven. Matter of fact, Revelation tells us when the first thing called the calendar of God, the calendar of events, is a little party, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll eat and drink in heaven. We'll tell stories in heaven. Can you imagine standing around and you're in here getting to hear Job tell you his story? <laughs> David? You imagine David telling you about facing the giant? We'll enjoy entertainment in heaven. We'll laugh in heaven. We'll play in heaven. There will be thrills in heaven. And the outcome right in the article. The Lifeway gave nine facts about heaven that reveal something else. I debate on whether to put this in here, but it was so stupid to our history that we didn't have to put it. Unfortunately, we didn't have to put heaven in the Nine things about heaven that Here's what he said. When I anticipated my first glimpse of heaven, I remember the first time that I went snorkeling. So I saw countless fish, every shape, size, and color. Uh, I'd seen more fish than I'd ever could imagine. It etched in my memory that the sound of the gas bells coming from my own snorkel as my eyes opened to this breathtaking underwater view. He says, I believe as Christians, when we first glimpse heaven, we're going to get us to the sea. 
be amazing to watch. We will dance like we've never danced before. And the good sound of good stories, good food, all the good things that God has for us. Here's a few things. He said, I think we need to do the things of God. Number one, we learn there's a whole lot more. But the other five, and I call these people to a Friday's afternoon, go to the book, or then you can go to the book, go to the book, and you can go to the book, and you can go to the book, and you can go to the Speak your whole time over and what about the next thing? He said, That's the way it's going to be. Give it up. You're going to go, Man, I don't miss all the work. Oh, that's so much better. He said, I believe in God. Heaven's task is to do. Number two, we want the donation. Often I ask uh, uh, people asking Christian children uh, if they become angels when they die, is it an honor? Death is a relocation of the same person to the same place to another. The place changes, but the person remains the same. The same person who became absent from their body is present to the Lord, St. Corinthians 5.8, and we won't be angry, but we will be present. And by the way, did you know that you will be over angry? The Bible says that you will be angry, but you will be over angry. You have a lesson that God gives you to do. Number three, we will be tempted. Once I was asked if we will ever be tempted, Jeff, to turn our backs on Christ, the answer is no. Innocence is the absence of something sin, while righteousness is the presence of something God's holiness. God will never withhold us from His holiness, and we'll never be in the presence of sin. We won't be tempted, we won't be tempted, and we won't sin. Number four, we'll have work to do. The idea of heaven, uh, working in heaven, is not far from evil. Yet Scripture clearly teaches, with God created Adam, He said, uh, "Take the put the man in the garden." Work it, and it may tell you. Work was the original part of Eden, and he said work will be a part of heaven as well. Number five, we still experience emotion. In Scripture, God says to us, rejoice, to love, to laugh, to take time to delight and rejoice, to uh, be angry, but don't be unsaid, to be happy, to have uh, uh, you know, a heart of joy, to have gladness. Why would we expect God to take that from us? He goes on to say, we got banquets and feasts and singing. All of us will then hear said the Bible. These are things that, that we're going to know. He said, we'll go tears of heaven. There'll be tears of joy, not tears of sorrow, or emotion, or suffering. Can you imagine the living place of Jesus? He said, I'm the one who's got it. 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 I'm the one God is omniscient. Uh, when we die, we'll see things from His glory. We'll know a lot more than we know now, but we'll know more than we know now. In heaven, we'll be close. But not knowing everything isn't a problem. It's just simply not part of being formal. The righteous angels don't know everything. They know a lot more than we know, but they're not uh, proficient with God. The Bible says the present moment we will spend the ages to come. That word such of the is that we will do all the work that we cannot do without Jesus and not be Number seven, we'll recognize one another. Scripture gives no indication of the different life because of uh, uh, death. We'll recognize Jesus as friend. Paul anticipated being with the Thessalonians as Christians. It never occurred to him that he would not know them for they did know him. We don't know one another. Number eight, we what, what will we do to avoid? 
if he's having a good time in there, then he's going to have to go through some sort of season. He's like, actually, this is going to be talked about. Believing in this assumption means we're falling for the devil's lie. The way I don't do it, sin robs us of some good things. Sin does not make us interested in good things or in experience. Then there's fulfillment. If our love were to be put in that sport of the world, in heaven we would see that God really exists. God is a real himself to us in each one of us. And we said this to you before. If God so did the life a hundred times, let's say a hundred times a hundred times a hundred times, even if that is a song of our protection, we will see the life of the world. He says, all of this should motivate us to share the gospel. The last of our life before we die is in fact not the last of our life. We'll go on with trying to get in another place. And it is a poor life to be with the Lord. Life will be so full of joy over Some things have to be explained. They all belong. I was thinking about the other day. There's no way that 27 of a 10 year old kid can understand what it means to hold his first birthday. Do 27 year old kids go back and have to teach these kids what that means? Thank you. 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.